welcome to Tea and Strut Bits, a Regency Romance Review. I'm Zoe. And I'm Kelsey. And we're finally getting to talk about the whole Penny Royal Green series. Yay! I'm so excited. This is very exciting. We came to the conclusion. 11 books and two years later, here we are. <laughs> Seriously. And it's just so nice to get to like unpack it all because I remember when we were like formulating this podcast and we were talking about it, we said, okay, when we get to the end of a series, we'll have like a whole episode on this and that. And like we had all these different ideas and now here we are and we're doing it. Yeah. Yay. This is very exciting. <laughs> So we are going to divide up the episode into two parts. So we're going to have your questions first, which you guys submitted on our Ask a Strumpet form, and then we'll get into our series wrap-up just a little bit later. So we are almost there, but not quite. But some of your questions are Penny Royal related, so we'll answer those as we go. And also, if you don't hear your question answered up front, then I have saved it for the back half of the episode. So you'll hear it then. Excellent. So Kelsey, do you want to share the first question with our listeners? Yes. This is Kristen from California. So how do you choose what to read next for the pod? How long does it take you to craft an episode? That's a great question. <laughs> and I thought this was a good, like almost a softball to ease us into our question answering. Um, how do we choose what to read next for the pod? Uh, that's a great question. Sometimes we have an idea, like mm -hmm. uh, something new has come our way, or we know we really specifically want to do an author and they happen to have a new book coming out, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, and sometimes we just pick something that we want to focus on, you know? Yeah. We, we kind of sometimes pick an author and we go through and look for best, you know, good books that by that author, or we take suggestions. Mm -hmm. by people. You can always give us suggestions about books we should read. We do read them and write them down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely do. Yeah, I would say that it's definitely a mixture. There's not like a serious formula to it. Um, I think that we chose Penny Royal to begin with because it's such a great series as we'll get into kind of in our full discussion. And we thought that that was a perfect like way to start. Um, I think we chose Bridgerton because we knew starting the podcast that the show had been signed and Bridgerton was going to be popular. Mm -hmm. So we definitely wanted to focus on that. So there's like this combination of things we love, authors and books we know are popular. And also I would say like, things we want to bring light to. So that's where like we're trying to find all these diverse reads, you know, featuring characters of different races or religions or sexualities because I think that I think that it's important to grow as a reader and those books are definitely doing that for us. Absolutely. And as far as how long it takes us to craft an episode, <laughs> um that can take anywhere from so the actual recording is usually like an hour and a half these days. That's pretty good mm -hmm. for us. That's like mm -hmm. solid. However, the lead up to it can take, you know, if we're on a roll, maybe a couple hours. And then sometimes it takes us like a week to actually write it all down. <laughs> yeah. Writing the synopsis is we're both big procrastinators about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it just depends. Like sometimes I can bang it out in a couple of hours, like Kelsey said. And then sometimes it takes me like days to like slowly slog through it. But I think we both are perfectionists as well. So like we don't want to have a bad synopsis. So there's this balance of like too much and, you know, getting it. Mm -hmm. and, and and short and sweet. So I think that we're starting to find a better balance of that, of like writing shorter synopsises to like save our time a little bit, or I shouldn't say save our time, but to like use our time more effectively. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, when we say it takes us a while to slog through, usually it's just because there's other life things happening. Mm -hmm. And it's not because we didn't like the book. A lot of times it's just I loved it. I want to write it. I just don't have enough time to work on it. And I know once for me, once I get in the zone, like I'm in the zone and finding that zone again can be pretty difficult. So 
sometimes I just need a kick in the pants to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's all the upfront and the recording. And then there's the editing. <laughs> so Which that- I have no part in because Zoe's a hero of a person. <laughs> So the editing, when we started, I would say that if an episode takes an hour to record, um, when you start learning how to edit, just multiply that by four. I would say it took me about four hours to edit every episode. But as you get better and faster at all of the keyboard shortcuts and seeing things and knowing what you want it to sound like and just knowing where everything is, you can do it much faster. I still think that you expect the episode edit to take at least as long as the episode because I edit at like almost two times speed now, which helps, but you have to stop, you have to re-listen, you have to do your edit, then you got to listen to it at normal speed, or at least I do because I'm a perfectionist. So editing takes... I would say like one and a half to two times the amount of the episode, but that's so much better than like four (laughs) times. So it makes it a lot nicer. We're also, we work really hard at trying to improve our talking so that it makes our editing easier. Yes. And things like that. We, we have an outline. We write out the synopsis. We have an outline. We can put our points in things like historical facts, author facts. They go in that outline. And we like to write our outline how we would say it. So mm-hmm. that way it is easier for us to get through. At first, when we were just putting like bullet points in, it would be hard for us to kind of craft the sentence we wanted versus now we read it literally like a script because it's the only way to kind of get that flow we're looking for. Yeah. And we read, that's the synopsis part. And then when we get into our general discussion, we just talk because that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. All right. So our next question is from Joanna from Lisbon, Portugal, but she is currently living in Reading UK or is it Reading? I can never remember if it's pronounced Reading or Reading. I don't know how the English do it. I'm American. I'm kidding, guys. I'm sorry. It sounded so bad. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, thank you, Joanna. So she asks a few things. She says, what's the hardest part of creating the podcast? Rapid fire, Kelsey, go. The synopsis. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's your favorite part of doing the podcast? The recording. Yes, agreed. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fun to talk with each other. Um, What book are you most excited to read in 2021? Um, That's a great question. I don't know. There's a lot of really good books coming out this year. I've read quite a few of them already too, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. And you're going to hear that in next week's episode, which is what we've been reading because there were a lot in that episode that I was like most anticipating reading and I've read them, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Like Kerrigan Burns' new release and oh gosh, there's another one. Oh, Courtney Milan, The Devil uh, uh, Devil Comes comes Courting. courting. I was really excited about that book and I'll talk all about it next week. You guys are going to go into it now. No. And I just had a Sabrina Jeffries pop into my Kindle over the weekend, and I was really looking forward to that one, too. So, What about Lisa Kleypas's Devil in Disguise, maybe? Is that the one that's coming out about Merit? Ooh, I would definitely be interested. I'm definitely looking for – I mean, I love Lisa Kleypas. I'm definitely looking forward to reading that. And now, actually, I'm really excited because my Sabrina Jeffries, Duke Dynasty, they're going to have a little Christmas note. There's a Christmas, you know, anthology coming out, and it's going to have one of the side characters from the Duke Dynasty in it, and it's his novella. So I'm definitely excited for that. (laughs) So fun. Okay, so – Her last question is, how is the baby doing and the chickens? That is, I think, related to me. Um, Serafina is wonderful. She's seven months old now. I cannot believe we've passed this much time. Uh, She loves eating and she's a great sleeper and we have a lot of fun together. So thank you for asking. Um, And the chickens, the chickens are also great. They're all mature and laying eggs and they're very tasty, the eggs. Not the chickens. (laughs) She's keeping the chickens. (laughs) All right. So our next question is from Sarah from Tasmania, Australia. Woohoo. Hello. Look at us around the world. I know. So cool. And she asks, have you read any Georgette Hare? I'd love to hear your thoughts on her Regency slash historical romance novels. I think we both have not. We have not yet. We keep talking about it. 
And it's one of those things that we it keeps coming up as a potential subject for the podcast mm-hmm. as a, a potential book where you definitely would love to read more about her. And it's just a matter of there's so many great books that we've been trying to fit in. And every time we're like, okay, we'll do a Georgette Hare, something kind of comes up and it gets pushed aside a little bit. <laughs> And, and I will say when I was like gung-ho and like ready to do it, I was kind of stopped in my tracks because I found out that th- there's a lot of evidence that shows that she was anti-Semitic. And so I feel like there's someone who – like we need someone to also guide us on our Georgette Hare journey. And I actually know who that person should be. It's Rose Lerner because Rose is Jewish and she loves Georgette Hare. And so I'm just like, we need to have Rose back on and we need to read a Georgette Hare with her. Oh my gosh. Yes, we do. Oh my God. Yes. This is so great. Thank you so much, Sarah from Tasmania. You have given us an episode to look forward to. <laughs> Absolutely. So then we have from one of our Instagram followers at SmashConnor2017 asks, what is your favorite trope and why? And what are your absolute deal breaker tropes? Okay. I don't really have true deal breaker tropes. I can tell you right off the bat, my least favorite trope is the misunderstandings trope because, oh my God, can they just have a goddamn conversation? Yeah. That's not a fun plot for me. I mean, it's just like... It just seems so like surface level, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where it's like if the if the problem can be solved by a conversation, like a, a five minute conversation, then it's just not a problem. Um, it's just two idiots. Yeah. And Cat Sebastian <laughs> does two idiots who won't get out of their own ways, like so much more intricately than that. And so like. And it's not based on a misunderstanding. It's so great. Yeah. So like, it's not that it's two idiots who can't get out of their own way. It's that if the central conflict is a misunderstanding, it's just not fun for me. Yes. No, absolutely. And I um, actually read a book recently and I was all worried because it seemed like it was heading down the misunderstandings trope route. And I was like, are you serious? I've been looking forward to this and it's going to be a misunderstandings. And then luckily they had the conversation and it all worked out great. And then they continued on their way and like, you know, figured out the other problems that were happening that weren't misunderstandings. So great. Uh, We do need to go back, though, and talk about our favorite trope. Yes. So, Zoe, why don't you share your favorite trope? So, I think my favorite is enemies to lovers. Oh, my God, me too. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. I mean, it's when you can really, really make it happen. It's so great. I don't like it when it's like the groveling, but if they're true enemies, right, where it's like, you know, they 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 both share a common frustration with the other for some reason. I don't know. I, I love enemies to lovers. No, enemies to lovers is my favorite because you because the thing is, enemies to lovers usually builds upon like great sexual tension that they mm-hmm. just can't fight. And for me, like sometimes I enjoy like Sometimes I get more out of reading about that sexual tension than I do the actual, like, sex that happens. It's like that buildup is just – if it's done correctly, it's uh, – it just makes you want to devour the book. It's great. And it and it takes you along, too, because that sexual tension, like, makes you yes. want to get to the next meeting of the two. And you want to see them kind of learn to put their differences aside. And anyway, it's a great trope. I can't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> So then we have Maddie from Miami, Florida, and she has some Penny Royal questions. So we're kind of going to get into these questions here now, um, but we'll we'll answer them a little lighter and you'll hear a little more from us later. So she says, after reading the Penny Royal series, or at least up to book 10 when she uh, wrote this to us, what were your expectations for Lion and Olivia? Or in a perfect romance book world, how would you like have liked their story to end? And really, who broke whose heart? Do you think the series had the best possible ending? So I think those are really interesting questions about Penny Royal. And I'll try to answer some of them. And then, Kelsey, you can go. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I had expectations. Because I think we talked about it in actually our, our episode, right? Maybe we did talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. Where we were like, we both 
kind of felt like coming in, we didn't have, we didn't know a lot about Olivia and we didn't even know a lot about Lion. They were kind of both enigmas in a way. And so, but you come in not really liking either of them. Mm -hmm. So I think my expectations were actually pretty low for a finale book. And I think when I first read it, it didn't meet my expectations. But as we said in the last episode, like, it, it did meet my expectations on a second read. <laughs> yes. And I think for me, it did read the second expectations. I think like in a perfect romance book world, I might have liked to see the siblings on both sides do more to kind of help Olivia and Lion, you know, have that reunion. You yes. know, it was very much focused on, I mean, you got good sibling interaction, but it was very much focused on like, Lion and Olivia doing it like they're themselves. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And I think like it would have been really nice to see those wonderful characters that we saw get married, like actually feature more in the book, like helping create that, you know, crescendo scene. But that's just being nitpicky because I truly was very happy with how it goes. And I think that's the only thing I would have liked to see simply because I really enjoy all the characters that we've been reading about, and I loved the sibling interaction, so it would have been nice to just see them feature slightly more in the ending. I agree. I think that that plays into the, do you think this series had the best possible ending? And I would say, like, yes, I really like how it ended, except I do think there are two points that I think could have been a little stronger. Something to do with Isaiah Redmond that felt a little bit unfinished for me. Mm. And also, I think you're actually hitting on it a little bit. If there could have been more of the kind of two side, two households, kind of the young people deciding enough is enough. We are going to put the past behind us and like grow. Mm -hmm. And that probably happens off the page. Yes. And right? I think that's, you know, allowing Olivia to come in, you know, but that's the thing is I think we kind of stopped before we got to see Olivia interact with the Redmond siblings as mm -hmm. Lion's wife and vice versa with Lion and Olivia's siblings. Like we didn't get to see those families become one. And I would have loved to see that happen, but it's yeah, okay. It could have been fun, but, you know, I'm still – I was still satisfied. Yes. And that would have been a lot of book to write, personally. Like, let's get real. That There was already a lot happening. To add uh -huh. that in more would have been a lot of book. Yes. All right. So now, Kelsey, who do you think broke whose heart? I think, honestly, they both broke each other's hearts. Like, I think that Lion, I think Olivia initially broke Lion's heart, but I think that him disappearing without another word really, like, broke Olivia's heart. And then especially, and I think, too, I think that Olivia was really down, but I think what really broke her heart was when she ended up getting her miniature back that he'd had that like Violet brings back to Adam and then he gives to Olivia. And that's when she kind of starts this journey to get remarried and stuff. I think that probably some part of her, like even though he left and had left without a trace, you know, probably some part of her hoped that there would be something there. And then to get that and that was why she hadn't married and why she hadn't pursued it. And then mm -hmm. to get that miniature, she was like, oh, he said he would never, like, give this up. Yeah. I guess I don't mean anything to him anymore. Yeah, I think I think I pretty much agree. I feel like Olivia broke Lion's heart. But then Lion let Olivia down. Mm -hmm. Because – and this is because they were both – Babies. They like, were they such were babies. Little babies who didn't, <laughs> who had too much love and they didn't know what to do with it. Too much right? love and too little familial support. And yeah. they didn't know how to deal with that. For sure. So I, I agree with all of that. But yeah, I think like Olivia broke Lion's heart, but then Lion overreacted and didn't give them a chance to have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like he's a bigger dingus too. I don't, and I, 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 yeah. And also, like I said, like, we don't come into the book liking Olivia that much because we don't get much characterization from her. And she's very kind of like one note because she's heartbroken. Um, she's stoic, I think is mm -hmm. maybe a better word for her. But um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of 
sympathy for either of them. I think that they both had to like live and grow and mm-hmm. and I then think they talked it out when they were old enough. Exactly. And I think that's a hundred percent why that ending worked the way it did, because they came together as adults and it's what made it so much better. Yes. However, Maddie has some different opinions than us, which I'm going to read because she sent them. And I think it's great to hear other people's opinions. Yes, she says, I would love. She says, ah, so many questions. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. We love all the questions. <laughs> I just wanted him to beg on his knees for her to come back. And I wished she would have given him more of a fight after everything she suffered for him. In my humble opinion, I could be wrong, of course. He acted like the kid who got tired of his toy and was playing with the new toys until someone else paid attention to his discarded toy. And then he wanted it back. And he had the nerve to imply she was just wasting away waiting for him. Like, how nice is it to be a man and be able to flee your miserable, rich life and play the hero, Lion. LOL, OMG, so invested in this series. Thank you for introducing this story. It was really amazing, regardless of how I felt about the last book. Julianne Long is a truly phenomenal writer, and she really makes you feel for these characters. And you know what, Maddie? I think that's maybe how I felt the first time after I read it. I think so, too. I think absolutely. And to be fair, yes, Lion did have the luxury of being able to leave his rich life and have options. Had Olivia done that, there would be no options. (laughs) Yes, there would be none. So you can't fault her for being like, you know, practical in some ways. So Maddie, thank you for all your opinions and questions. They were fabulous. All right. Our next question is from Breda. I hope I said that right. Breda or Breda, and I'm so sorry. She's from Ireland, so we're I'm from sure we're saying Ireland, it wrong. So I'm sure one of us maybe got it right, or neither one of us. <laughs> All right. So thank you for your podcast. It brightens up my day, sometimes a little lonesome because of lockdown, to hear your sunshine voices and have your warm company. Thank you. We're glad we could bring a little sunlight into your life. <laughs> Bridgerton brought me to you and Anthony's book as my favorite, so I'm really looking forward to the next season with the Viscount, Kate, Newton, and everyone else. I think Jonathan Bailey and Simone Ashley, Olivia from Sex Education, are going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait. Neither can we. Honestly, every time casting information comes out, I'm like, here for it. Seriously. Okay. So, she's got a few questions. So, A. My first question is about the Smythe, Smith, and Rokesby series. Do you think these characters, especially Honoria and Marcus, my favorites from Just Like Heaven, might feature on the Netflix series? Some Bridgerton characters and events overlap with these series in the books. I would love for that to happen. Sorry. I'm just going to say that right now. Because there is, at some point in Bridgerton, as you're right, they do have to attend a Smythe, Smith musical. And... I mean, I guess there's a perfect opportunity for a spinoff, just like there was the perfect opportunity for a spinoff book. Um, but yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind if that was kind of like a side romance that we got to learn later on in the Bridgerton series, because it was really quite fun. I would be, to be honest, sad if we don't get at least one Smythe Smith musical. We have in the, to. At least four seasons that are happening. Like, they've signed for four seasons now, so like, we... We're going to have four seasons. If there's not at least one Smith musical and a sad girl on a cello, I'm going to be very sad. But <laughs> but as far as the Rokesby series, I think they're going to stay away from that. I don't know. I just don't know. That because they would have, have to stay away from only because it's like... They cast Edmund Bridgerton, though. What? Oh, they, they have to. Him. But they have to because yeah. they watch him mm-hmm. die. Like, that's yes. a major feature in Anthony's story. Yeah. Spoilers, everyone. Sorry, guys. If you haven't read it, I don't know what you're doing here. Um. (laughs) So, yes. But, yeah, I'm just wondering. They could also do flashbacks and they could have characters. But I I, I think not. I think they're going to keep it pretty light and they're going to keep it around the main romance. So Mm -hmm. my guess is maybe we'll get a Smythe Smith musical, but I I don't think it'll feature too heavily. That's just my, my thoughts. Agreed. Also, which other Regency romance series, e.g. Wallflowers by Lisa Kleypas or Girl Meets Duke by Tessa Dare or L. Standalone novels, do you think might make it or should make it to the big screen? Gosh, all of them? Yeah, really all, all of them. Of the I think there's so many books that would make such a good either series or film. I think that um, Evie Dunmore's books would be great 
brought to life on film on this big screen. I'd love it. I think also Courtney Milan's um, Brothers Sinister series, which is just so phenomenal, um, mm-hmm. should it would also be great. It's Victorian. It would give you a slightly different era, but I I imagine that they'll maybe be another Regency that we'll see next by somebody. And I'm sure it won't be as good, but hopefully then we'll get a good one after that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So C, do you have any recommendations for good Regency romance audio dramas? I listened to the BBC adaptation of Friday's Child by Georgette Hare and loved it. And I'd love to listen to more, but I can't find many. I did not even know this existed. Me either. You are more informed than us, so we don't have any recommendations. But if any of our listeners do, please let us know and we will share them on the show. Yes. And her last question is, I never really read Regency Romance before finding your podcast, but now I'm devouring it. So thank you both. In these troubling times, I love the escapism of the I love the escapism of the promise of a happy ending and true love, like the comfort of a toasty hot water bottle. So besides Julia Quinn, Lisa Kleypas, and Tessa Dare, which authors are your top picks for heartwarming, funny, hopeful Regency romances? Oh, that's a hard one because those are definitely the top three, I think. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with Kat Sebastian after that. Mm-hmm. Like she's funny and heartwarming and like it takes two to tumble was like such a delightful fluffy cake yeah no sorry i did that again it's not it takes two to tumble it's oh my god um two rogues make a right is the book that i actually mean i've said that twice now two rogues (laughs) make a right it's so funny it's so sweet it's so awesome Yes. Um, I think there's a bunch of really fun series by Susan Enoch, her uh, recent one with with her great title, such as Scott uh-huh. Under the Covers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, it's and uh, one hot Scott, you know, I think hit me with your best Scott. Hit me I with think. your best Scott. Yeah, <laughs> there might be one hot Scott. I don't know if it's her book, but it's somebody else's for sure. Anyway. That's a really fun series about brothers, you know, doing brotherly things. And I think they're pretty heartwarming. Um, I also really like there's a cute one. It's like it's by Karen Hawkins. And it's like the princes of some random small country. Oh, the princes of Oxbury of Oxburg series by Karen Hawkins. And they are really fun. And it's all about these like princes who end up marrying like Scottish lash Scottish lasses and things. And um, they have a meddling grandmother, which is great. Fun, fun. And I would say that on some of our other shows, that's another great way to find our favorite top picks for heartwarming and funny, hopeful ones. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully you've listened and hopefully we have led you to some of those. Absolutely. So our last question before we're going to take a little break is from another Instagram uh, follower and it's at Life of Sonia. And she asked, will you be reviewing any other books by Julia Quinn like the Smythe Smith series? Now we get this question a lot. Will you be doing more Julia Quinn? And the answer is yes, eventually. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> probably. I wouldn't say no to that. I really like her books, and uh, I don't see how we wouldn't end up doing a Julia Quinn later on. Correct. At this moment in time, we have nothing planned except for continuing our happily ever after second epilogues from the Bridgertons, but we are going to be choosing our next series to tackle as a whole at the end of this episode, so stay tuned to find out what we choose. (laughs) But before we do that, shall we do a quick break and adjourn to the parlor? Yes, we shall. So we're going to keep it short and sweet here today in the parlor. And if you'd like to find us elsewhere on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Tia's and Tom and as Nancy Strumpets, Twitter at the same name, Facebook slash TN Strumpets and YouTube by searching our name. And you're li- And if you're listening to us on YouTube, now is a great time to click that thumbs up and hit subscribe before you forget liking and commenting on our videos and subscribe. 
And subscribing to our channel is a really wonderful way to let us know that you like what we're doing. And if you'd like to know ahead of time what we're going to be reading each month, other than the series that we're going to be announcing, you know, at the end, but if you want to know what each episode's going to be, go ahead and subscribe to our email notifications via our website. If you subscribe, you're the first to know what we're reading each month, and you get all sorts of extras, including exclusive content from the authors who join us on the podcast. Our website is romancepod.com, and there you can find episodes more information about us and other resources. So take a look. Finally, rate, review, and tell a friend. Reviews on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, or anywhere else you can review us really help other listeners find the podcast. And word of mouth is one of the best ways that podcasts get found. So if you like what you're hearing, we'd love if you could spread the word. All right, now it's Penny Royal time. Yay, Penny Royal, Penny Royal. So, um, we are talking about the Penny Royal Green series. This is comprised of 11 books and a contemporary novella. The total number of pages is unknown because I forgot to go back <laughs> and Google all the amount of pages, but I am, it's a bunch, it's a lot. Few thousand. A, you know, let's assume that each one's like around 350 times 11. Ooh, fun. There maps. you go. <laughs> I'm terrible Total number of cats, though, I believe is two. We had spider and chartabris. Yay. Am spider. I missing a cat? Am I missing a cat? I think I'm not. If I, I don't am, think so. If I am, somebody remind us, please. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Listeners, did you know, and Kelsey, that all of Julianne Long's books are in the same universe? So her Palace of Rogues series has Penny, Penny Royal Easter eggs for the keen reader. And Instagram friend at Bo Peep Baby asked us, have you read the Palace of Rogues series by Julianne Long? And the answer is yes. Yes. Except except there was one that like just came out in April, and I didn't what? read it yet. There's, There's one, one that, that came, came out in April? I know, right? Wow, so now it's our I'm next book. late to the game. Wait, I did I read that? I read a lot of things. I don't I, think I, I read it. It's on the list, guys. Okay, cool. So yes, we are reading it. We're almost caught up. And <laughs> I have, in fact, noticed some Easter eggs. Yay. So, okay. What's our general thoughts on this series as a whole? Kelsey, you want to start? Like, how do you feel about Penny Royal Green? What do you think of it as a series? Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty good series. I did recommend it to you as a jumping mm -hmm. off point. And I yep. think that when we were starting this podcast, we wanted to get a series that was going to be a good jumping off point for people who might not know the genre. And we're getting into the genre. I think you get a lot of good classic tropes through all the books. You get to kind of learn the structure of a romance novel and learn mm -hmm. some of your Regency rules, but you're not quite as um it's definitely more adventure heavy it's not like we go to this ball and that ball you know there's there are balls to attend but not nearly as so season heavy and mm -hmm. you get quite a lot of fun information inside adventures and so i thought i think overall it's quite a good series i really agree i think that this series has like a high overall like approval rating i don't know how to say approval but like a, a very high overall like good rating because i think that when you're writing a series i can only imagine that there are some books that are just going to shine more than others like you mm -hmm. have these stories and ideas mapped out in your head and like i feel like though for the most part there's there's so few clunkers <laughs> yeah. in this series um and it really delivers in so many different ways for so many different people. Um, and I'd be interested to hear from our listeners if you agree with that statement, if you feel like overall this series has a lot of really great books, because I think it does. And I mean, Kelsey and I will talk more about uh, like our reflections on the podcast a little bit later. Um, and we're going to get really into all of our ratings too for Penny Royal. But what I wanted to kind of say is that we rated all these books pretty highly, like for the most part, and all the heroes and heroines pretty highly for the most part. But I don't think we've done that overall on the podcast. I think maybe we could be a little tougher, and we'll get into that later mm -hmm. if we want to be. But I, looking back, I don't have any major regrets about how we rated things. And 
I just think this is a great series. Uh, yeah, I don't either. And I am uh, looking over some of the information that Zoe has compiled. And uh, yeah, we pretty much like we're pretty high on all our ratings. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will also say I think a lot of that is because Julianne Long is such a great writer. She is. She even like we've talked about it a lot. Even when there are like a tr- there are characters we don't identify with or tropes we don't love or things like that, she still has such a beautiful way with words that you're hooked. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, no, and I think that that was kind of our that was really kind of our only ever complaint about things were maybe like plot points that were happening, but as far as like the writing and as far as you know, the pace of everything. We really liked all of it. And she's really great. And I have to say, I love all those things about her other novels as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. So a couple random questions for us. Which book has your favorite cover? Uh, I don't know because I don't remember like any of the covers. I'm going to have to say Lion and Olivia though because it's beautiful. It's, it's like, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's very vibrant. And I feel like mm-hmm. the others, they may have had redos of the cover, but it was very much like a bodice here, a bodice mm-hmm. there versus Lion and Olivia's was like, pa-pow. Yes. There is something about that red dress and the, the hug and the capture and oh, it's, it's beautiful. I'll give out two other mentions, which I love. I think since the Surrenders cover is gorgeous, it's like yellow and orange and just like absolutely beautiful. Mm. I also really like, um, I kissed an Earl's cover. It's violets. Um, she's, he's on a couch and she's climbing over him, I believe, and it's pink. And I love pink. And I just, I liked both of those covers. So I wanted to mention them. But yeah, Lion and Olivia, I think there's something pretty spectacular about that cover. Yes, absolutely. All right. So which book do we remember most fondly talking about? Kelsey, just top of your head, what comes to mind? Um, Jonathan's book. Yeah. They yeah, were so good. And it was one of those we weren't planning to like so much. And then we really, really loved it. We loved every moment of it. And it was one of those surprise standouts because it's like we knew we liked Violet's book. And I knew I liked Genevieve's book, you know. But yeah. uh, I really – Jonathan's was a bit of a surprise really like. So I, I agree. Yeah, that's Same for me. most fondly talking <laughs> about for sure. All right. So speaking of that, what are our top three books reflecting back? So without looking at the spreadsheet of how we ranked them, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go from my gut here. And I will say my three favorites are are like top three that I think are the best. Maybe not my favorites, but Mm -hmm. I would say It Happened One Midnight, Jonathan's book, I Kissed an Earl, uh, Violet's book. And then it's a really big toss up for me if I had to pick. Okay, I'm going to pick one. Because I don't think you'll pick it. Um, it's um, oh my god, the name just just escaped me. Um, hold on, <laughs> uh, like no other lover, Miles's book. I, mm. There's something like that really sticks in my head. Miles and Cynthia's story. I just really like it. Yeah, and I don't think you're gonna pick it, so I wanted to represent it. <laughs> well, it's that's a top three contender for me. My first two is obviously Jonathan's, and then my second one is probably Violet's. Although I, and then for number three, like I really like Genevieve's book. I really mm-hmm. like Miles's book, and I honestly really liked how the Marquess was won. Reading back on that one, that was quite wow. fun. Well, you got to pick one. Um. I'm going to go with Genevieve's because it's always stuck with me. I've remembered it so yep. well, like Genevieve's. Genevieve was the one that I was tossing up, but I had a feeling you were going to pick Genevieve. And <laughs> great, great choice. You've made, you've made great, we've both made great choices. Good job, so, us. How about, though, reflecting back, which book do you remember being the steamiest? Ooh, um, hmm. This is a hard one for me. This is a hard one. I honestly don't. I don't know. It's funny. I don't think about the steaminess after the fact that much. Yeah, me either. Like I'm kind of in the moment with the steaminess. And then once mm-hmm. it's passed, I'm like, okay, cool. And then I can't remember that. Um, I remember being surprised that it wasn't Violet's. Mm. 
See, I find I think Violet's I do find the steamiest because I just like I remember those ship scenes and I just remember being like That's fair. I I remembered those vividly (laughs) even before we'd done the reread. I like still vividly remembered those, so those were quite good. I'll go with that for steamiest. Maybe I was thinking of like most encounters, because that one wasn't the most encounters, but it was definitely very steamy. Yeah. All right. So what book or character do we find to be the most feminist? So this is a tough one for me. I I didn't go back and look at our feminist recaps. I didn't like look at our ratings. I'm just like off the dome here. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it might be maybe, I don't know, um, might be Thomasina. Like it might be her rescuing the orphans, but, or is it, Elise, like who, you know, knew how to talk Elise, to people. Elise was a very strong feminist mm-hmm. heroine, I, in my opinion. And I wonder about Evie. You know, the fact that she like wanted to make friends and she persevered and just like mm-hmm. held her head high. I just, I don't, I don't. And she know. didn't say no for an answer. Evie was also very feminist. Mm-hmm. But they were also mature. Like both of those characters mm-hmm. were a Violet, I think, was like coming into her maturity. So that's why like I don't yeah. know if, if I would say she's like the most feminist because she's a little mm-hmm. bit more rash. Um, again, what does most feminist mean? Exactly. <laughs> I would say I agree with that. I think that Evie, I think, had a lot of maturity that, you know, the other heroines didn't quite have yet. But it was based mm-hmm. from experience. Mm-hmm. All right, so then how do we rank our heroes, heroines, and the books? So I have made a spreadsheet, which I will make available to our listeners if you want to, like, see this. So I went ahead and went to our hero rankings. So our heroes, we ranked them differently. Um, Oops, let me go. So this is the second tab in the spreadsheet. So, Kelsey, your top hero is... Alexander Moncrief, the Duke of Falconbridge, at a 10, tied, tied with Jonathan Redmond. Well, you know, I really, really enjoyed Genevieve's book. I think I already said that. (laughs) Yes. Um, I also had two 10s, but they were slightly different. Mm. I had Asher Flint, the Earl of Ardmay, Mm -hmm. as a (laughs) 10, and then Jonathan Redmond as a 10. Ah, there you go. So I'm not going to go down the whole list here um, of our individual ones, but your average hero rating was a 7.86, and my average hero rating was a 7.40. So we liked these heroes. Yes, that's a pretty good ranking for us. I mean, like, sevens are good, and that's an an over 11 books. That's That's quite a spread. I will say it's kind of surprising. The bottom three heroes, though, I will talk about them, are some Eversea boys. Oh, (laughs) I see that. Oh, man. Colin, Ian, and Chase Eversea just didn't do it for us. I know, but to be fair, Chase's book was so bonkers that, like, the book didn't do it for us either. (laughs) Yeah. And so... Our heroines, mm-hmm. we have our top 10. We basically did the same thing again. So <laughs> your top two at rated as a 10 are Genevieve and Thomasina. Mm-hmm. So same books. And then my top two rated as a 10 are Violet and Thomasina. And then we both have a 9.5 Elise Fountain Ooh, right under there. Yeah, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our top four are actually the same because I've got Genevieve, you've got Violet, so we're all there. And yes. then our uh, our your average heroin rating is an eight point oh nine. So you really liked these ladies. Oh yeah. And mine was a seven point nine. So I also really liked these ladies. Yeah, that's not a big difference. Like no. <laughs> no. But our bottom three are different. They're actually mm. very – They're we very have, different. Well, I guess we have two oh, of the there's two that we have overlap on. Yeah. So we have Tansy, Titania, Danforth, mm-hmm. and Rosalind as our bottom two. But then I have Phoebe and you have Cynthia. Mm-hmm. But 
both of those are ranked a seven and we both have other sevens. So like, is yes. that fair? We have a bunch of sevens. So yeah, that shouldn't, that's not even fair to say Cynthia and Phoebe. <laughs> they just happen to be there in the, in the, uh, uh, alphabet that they got stuck there. That's true. So, yeah. And to be fair, like my bottom one is Cynthia, uh, but your Cynthia is also ranked a seven. So yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one interesting fact that I noticed when I was doing this spreadsheet is that there is not one noble lady in this series. <gasps> wow. Go figure. Yeah. There was a duke and an earl and, you know, oh, no, and no, a no, lord. No. But Evie was tech, uh, she was a countess by marriage. Okay. You are right. She was a widowed countess, but by marriage, yeah, yeah. born born a commoner, and many of these women became uh, noble with mm-hmm. their marriages. But anyhow, pretty interesting because it's not like we had a lot of ladies. I loved it. Um, all right, so then we had a question from a listener Georgina from the UK. She said, "Who is our favorite Penny Royal Green couple from the series, and why?" Mm, well, I think we agreed it was for us both anyway. We both really loved Jonathan and Thomasina. But yeah, but if I had to pick a couple, like mm. specifically, like I love them amazingly as characters and I love their book. But if they're like my favorite couple, mm. I, That's don't, fair. I don't know if they would be. Hmm. This is such a, this is such a puzzler for me i kind of like i'm coming to like genevieve and the duke because i just like really like their dynamic together they're great and i think but this is the fun too because you got to see genevieve and the duke more in ian's book as well so Mm -hmm. you got to kind of like see them play out a little bit more and you got to see a little bit you got to see a little bit more of the dynamic between that couple so hard to choose but i mean you can't go wrong with Jonathan and Thomasina, but I also Miles and Cynthia, their dynamic, how different they are. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, Cynthia uh, wasn't one of my favorite heroines, but I really love them as a couple. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, that didn't answer your question. Not at all, but it, we gave you it, some food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have a couple more ratings from our sheets. So we have our book rankings. So we... Kelsey, you had an average book rating of 7.68, and Ooh. I had an average book, book rating of 7.45. Wow. That's not a big difference between us. No. So I'm going to read – I'll go ahead and read all of yours and all of mine. What the heck, listeners? Maybe you can follow along. So Kelsey, your top books coming in at a 10 were What I Did for a Duke, and It Happened One Midnight. Then at nines, you had I Kissed an Earl, and it started with a scandal. Then The Legend of Lion Redman, 8.5. Then Like No Other Lover, 8. How the Marquess Was Won, 7. And Notorious Countess Confesses, 7. Between the Devil and Ian Eversee, 7. The Perils of Pleasure, 6. Since the Surrender, (laughs) 3. But remember, that was a bonkers book. (laughs) It was. Okay. So I had a slightly different list, but not that different. Mm -hmm. I had two tens as well. I kissed an Earl and it happened one midnight. Then what I did for a Duke and is my number nine. Like no other lover, it started with a scandal and the legend of Lion Redman come in at an eight for me. And then I have two sevens, How the Marquess Was Won, A Notorious Countess Confesses. And then I have two sixes, The Perils of Pleasure, Between the Devil and Ian Eversee, and finally, Since the Surrender, at three. <laughs> Poor Since the Surrender. I feel badly. I know. But I, I do. did not like I mean, that book. like, it was just a bonkers, bonkers book. A and lot I don't of think happening. we liked the tropes of the characters. And, and though I, I don't remember think we that talk, we didn't like the tropes. We weren't really invested in the characters either. And so, and then the plot was also just bonkers. I mean, props to Julianne Long, though, because like she tied it all together beautifully. But was it bonkers? Yes. So I went ahead, though, and did one more whole average by all the rankings. Okay. So I put your hero, my heroine. So there were like six ranking ratings that uh, we gave the book um, and I did an average of that. Okay. So we're going to go from the bottom up with this list. So coming in in, in 11th place <laughs> with an average of 4.16 is Since Surrender. Sorry. Sorry. It just wasn't our cup of tea. Nope. <laughs> 
Okay. And then coming in at number 10 uh, it, with a 6.33 average is The Perils of Pleasure. Mm-hmm. I still feel good about that. I feel really confidently that if you read the first book in this series, it's great setup, but there are so many books that are just better. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Yes. So then coming in at number nine with a 6.58 is Between the Devil and Ian Eversey. I also feel good about that where where it's landing. I'm feeling I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, pretty strong about that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then we do have a tie. Mm. So tying for what would that be? 11, 10, 9, tying for eighth and seventh place are with a 7.33. Uh, again, a great score. <laughs> How the Marquess was one and a t- notorious countess confesses. Yes, I think I feel very good about those two being on the same level because there was lots of parts we liked about them. But I think for you and I both, there was like something about some of the characters we didn't quite always agree with. Yeah. Or register with, I would say. Yes. Then coming in at sixth place uh, with a 7.66 is Like No Other Lover. Now, this one, I think maybe we rated a little too harshly. Uh, I think it's better. I think it's better than that. Agreed. I think that it's... But I don't know if it's better than the books that come above it, but I think its score is a little low. So, I but I mean, I love that. it. I would bump that. I mean, at 7.66, I would bump that to an eight. Yeah, at least. So then we have, with an eight, The Legend of Lion Redman coming in at fifth place. <gasps> then above that, with an 8.83, is it started with a scandal. And I don't. Like, I know we just read this book, but I'm angry that Like No Other Lover is so far below it because, like, my memory of it is loving it. But obviously, I love to start it with a scandal. So, yeah. Anyhow. I mean, it's kind of the scandal, though. Like, that was one of those ones that we really enjoyed upon the second reading. Like, both of us, I think, kind of forgot about it. And then we're like, oh, my God, this book is amazing. (laughs) Seriously. So, coming in with a very respectable 9.33 in third place is I Kissed an Earl. I feel strongly about that. I feel very strongly about that. Coming in now, reserve champion with a 9.5. What I did for a Duke. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> nope, I can't argue with that either. That's quite quite good. 9.5. We both really liked it. Solid. And with a perfect score, our winner is It Happened One Midnight. I mean, like, 11 books and one perfect score. Like, that's pretty good, I would say, since yeah. since we weren't very sure that, like, books would get a perfect score. And it's not that it, – it's it's different. It's balanced out, too, because, like, the last two was you – like, I gave it a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And then you gave the other one a perfect score. So it wasn't that mm-hmm. we didn't – individually score other books perfectly it was just we were agreed upon one which is pretty impressive because you and i don't always agree on a perfect score we we definitely don't so i think that was really cool i'm glad we had that exercise to go through and hopefully that was fun for you listeners to hear (laughs) us do math and recite numbers (laughs) oh yeah arithmetic So now here's a question. If we had to bring only one Penny Royal book to a desert island, which book would you bring, Kelsey? Um, Genevieve's book. Yeah, I'd bring Violet's. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jonathan, Thomasina, I'm sorry. You're perfect. You're perfect. Everything about that is perfect. But like, I think the thing is, those were our books that we rated perfectly. And the thing is, they have stuck with us as that perfect rating. Because that's the thing is like, I read... I remember loving Genevieve's book the first time around, reading it a second time. I still absolutely loved it, and I couldn't find any fault with it. So I would have to say that one's got longevity, which is why it will come with me to the desert island. I think you explained the reasoning so perfectly that we should move on to our general thoughts about doing a series like this on a podcast. So how was it for you, Kelsey, to kind of go through this exercise and do a whole series like this? Um, I think this was rather fun. I think that it was a little bit more fun because we kind of like jumped around a bit in between. It wasn't that it was like we Mm -hmm. just stuck with the series. I think that it allowed us to 
as you said, like we, I think if we'd read it all right away, Mm -hmm. just like we feel we judge Cynthia and Miles' book a little too harshly, I think that we maybe would have judged some others a little harsher as well. But because we had the chance to break away and read some other authors, some other romance, and then come back to our old friend, Penny Royal Green, I think it allowed us to then realize how much we truly enjoyed the books and what they're what they meant to us. I agree. I think we grew a lot. And mm-hmm. I think we grew through Penny Royal. Um, and I think that doing a whole series is... I don't know. It's just really fun. And I agree. Like, I completely like that we don't just do 11 books because that would be so much of one thing. Mm -hmm. But then when you come back to that, it like feels a little bit like home, you know, like this is like my little home base. And now I get to talk about something that I know and that I, um, I feel uh, confident about, you know, it's not necessarily, um, it challenges you in different ways than some of the other books that we're picking up. So, I I agree. Um, so I also have a couple like reflection questions for us, mm-hmm. which is what do you think was good about the way that we did this series and what do you think we could do better? Um, so I'll kind of jump in on that. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of good and I think we've already kind of like talked about, about that. But I think in the what we could do better, there's like a little part of me and I've, we've already started to do this. There's a little part of me that thinks that we can still shorten our synopsis. <laughs> yes. I mean, having – you should be able – I mean, if only you guys could – if only you could see our notes from episode one to the one we did online in Olivia. <laughs> so, but, like, let's talk about the longest one. The longest one is absolutely the madness of uh, – sorry, the – Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie or whatever the actual title for that book is. Like, I think our synopsis is like an hour of recording long. Like, I think we literally talk the book. Yeah. But that <laughs> book was also – that wasn't even a Penny Roller Green series, guys. But it was amazing book. And yes. there was a lot going on in that book. Okay. Because I will say this about some of it. Like, I think we could figure out how to shorten it. Mm-hmm. But I think that even that one would be considered a long one for us, even with sure. our newer skills. Yes. So listeners, if you're listening to this and you agree that we could we could abbreviate and summarize even a little more, let us know. And if you love the summaries as they are, also let us know because <laughs> that'll really help us feel a little bit better about it um, just because sometimes it does feel like we're shouting into a void. <laughs> yes. Kelsey, what about you as far as reflections? Do you think – do you have any, any other reflections to add? Um. No, I think that for our next series, I mean, like, obviously, I don't want it to be like a four book series. That's pretty common in the romance world. But I I mean, like 11 books. That was a lot of books. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of books. (laughs) It was. And um, but at the same time, too, I think for our next series, I'd like us to be a little bit more consistent on when we read them. Oh, that's a good idea. Because I I think that we'll have a little bit more continuity with the series going forward. And so I think it'd be nice instead of where – because I think when we were doing this at some point, we kind of got lost and we're like, when did we last read a Penny Royal? But mm-hmm. we were also trying to read Bridgerton at the same time. So I think that that kind of got a little bit mixed in the shuffle because it was like we didn't want it to just be the Penny Royal Bridgerton like podcast. <laughs> Yes. Um, So this is actually kind of funny that you say that because I noticed that when I was doing this. So our episodes from this spanned episode one to episode 81, right? So we had um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 12, 19, 31, 44, 67, 78, 81. So there's a big, big jump in there between 44 and 67, shall we say. Um, But yeah, I think that was when Bridgerton was really happening. And so. that's and it's fine. And it, it's not like I regret how we did it. I like how it went around. I'm just thinking that I think going forward, I want a little bit more continuity about when we read the series, whether it's we read a book every other month or mm. we, you know, or if we want to do something like that. Interesting. Well, very interesting because the series that I have brought to pitch <laughs> is longer. <laughs> oh god, you told me there was a long series involved. <laughs> well, 
Um, I think that it's a it's good food for thought. I and I think that you bring up a really good point. I like that. You know, I'm I'm part of the Penny Royal Green read along that's happening right now, and so they're reading a book a month and then t- discussing it as a group. And they, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's really a cool thing. And and maybe that would be fun for our listeners too to know that we're reading one each month or something. Mm-hmm. But again, that would take a lot of months. Yeah. Regardless. I think maybe this is a good time that we could talk about what we should do for our next series. Yes, I think that would be excellent. Do you have a good series to recommend? So I have two um, that I kind of like came into. And it's funny that you say, you know, the number of books, not a series of four, because the first series was a series of four. And I was like, would it be fun to just do four in a row and like bang them out, you Mm -hmm. know, in in that respect? There's actually a fifth book that is a novella. um, But uh, so there would be five. And that series is Courtney Milan's Brothers Sinister. Which I was thinking about just starting on my own. Oh my gosh, Kelsey. I love it so much. Well, it turns out I well, it's funny because you mentioned that I you know you love it so much. And I have like all the books on my Kindle, apparently. So you've probably read them. <laughs> yes. Most it looks like I have anyway. Well, anyhow, I'm not gonna pitch that hard for that because I kind of I kind of feel more strongly about the other one. Now okay. the other series, I believe you've read one book from it and you didn't like it. Hmm. It is Elizabeth Hoyt's Maiden Lane series. I thought you were going to suggest the Maiden Lane series. Yes. I know. It's so good. Kelsey, it's so good. Okay. It's got – I went through all of it. It's got Beauty and the Beast. It's got a character of – it's got characters of different races. It's got a prince and the pauper meets parent trap. It has masked vigilantes. It has disability representation. It has a virgin hero. And it has pirates. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so anyhow, that's my pitch. Um, it also is 1730s London. So we're talking Georgian and we are wearing wigs. Oh, God, I hate the wigs. <laughs> so do I. And yet I love this series. But anyhow, do you have a series to bring to the table? Um, Actually, I was just looking up some options. And I'm going to bring this series. I know nothing about it. Oh, I'm just going to challenge us to maybe start a series from scratch that neither one of us has any experience with. Mm. So this one is seven books. Mm-hmm. It is by Mary Jo Putney. Mm-hmm. And it is the Lost Lords series. Okay. And ahem, let me read a bit of a description here to see if we might be interested In the first of a dazzling series, Mary Jo Putney introduces the Lost Lords, maverick childhood friends with a flair for defying convention. Each is about to discover the woman who is his perfect match, but perfection doesn't come easily, even for the noble Duke of Ashton. And then this is the synopsis for the first book, so we can judge it based on a first book and see. Battered by the sea, Adam remembers nothing of his past, his ducal rank, nor of the shipwreck that almost claimed his life. However, he's delighted to hear that the golden-haired vision tending his wounds is his wife. Mariah's name and face may not be familiar, but her touch, her warmth, feel deliciously right. When Mariah Clark prayed for a way to deter a bullying suitor, she didn't imagine she'd find the answer washed ashore on a desolate beach. Convincing Adam that he is her husband is surprisingly easy. Resisting the temptation to act his wife in every way will prove anything but. And now a passion begun in fantasy has become dangerously real and completely irresistible. I hate amnesia. Oh, well, there you go. Never mind then. <laughs> so somebody was asking about um, uh, tropes that we don't like. I totally forgot. I really dislike amnesia. But that's, okay, I feel I feel bad counting it out just because of that. So. Well, and that's fair because there's some other series we can look at too. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to – I'm specifically looking for things that you and I – or that you and I don't really have experience with. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm That's intentionally trying to challenge us. Yeah, but wouldn't it be a challenge for her to read 14 books? It would be a challenge. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't. Okay. So this one, this one is eight. Okay. And I feel like one of these might be in my Kindle. Maybe not. That Her covers are very similar. Um, so this one is um, 
the Bedouin Saga series by Mary Ballou. Yes, we we're going to read one of these once. It was a summer to remember was going to be one of our books. And just that was like when I had Sarah. And so we We pushed it out. We delayed and delayed. Yeah, I knew I remembered one of them. I haven't read it at all yet. Mm. And that's number two. Interesting. So we could start a new series. Now, it's very interesting, though, because it looks like the first book in this series is a 1993. Mm. And then it jumps all the way to 2002. And then it's like 2003, 2003, 2003, 2004, 2004. So she clearly got going on it. Interesting. So I have an idea. That series is interesting to me. Mm. I have an idea. We can do this one of two ways. One, we can each read the first or second book in the series because you did you read the first book in um, the other one in Elizabeth mm-hmm. Hoyt's Maiden Lane series and you didn't enjoy it. Yes. Um, so maybe if you read the second one, which in my opinion, okay, anyhow, which maybe if you read <laughs> the second one, you would like it more. Yes. Um, so we could each read both of those books and then have a, a, a short episode discussion on that. Or we could toss it out to our listeners and have our listeners vote and choose which series that they want us to do. I think we should toss it to our listeners. All right, cool. So something that I was thinking, and we could do this for either series, is that maybe we can give ourselves a little bit of leeway. Mm -hmm. If there's a book in the series that maybe doesn't warrant a full synopsis, or we just don't want to write a full synopsis, we do a challenge of like a you know, one minute memory synopsis, and then we discuss the book. I think that we should allow ourselves that every now and then. I think so. I think that's fairly, I think we can do that. Yeah. So that, so especially if we do the 14 book series, but even if we do the eight book series, maybe we have some that don't require the synopsis because that means we'll be able to get out an extra episode here and there a lot more easily. Mm -hmm. That's also very true. Mm -hmm. So listeners, it's going to be up to you now. We're, we can't decide and we are throwing it to you. So we're going to put up a way for you to vote one or the other. And it's going to be at bit.ly strumpet series, S-T-R-U-M-P-E-T-S-E-R-I-E-S. We will have that link in the show notes and it'll be a one question. Which series do you think we should do? The Bedouin Saga by Mary Ballou or the Maiden Lane series by Elizabeth Hoyt? All right. I think it's good that our listeners are deciding this for us. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. I'm excited regardless. And we'll still – how about this? Whichever series is not chosen, we'll still do a book from that series soon after. I think that's a great plan because I don't think we've covered either of those authors yet. So I think – We did do the Maiden Lane Christmas novella for Christmas. Oh. But – It's a novella. I need a full book. You do need a full book. And you liked the novella. <laughs> That's true. Anyhow, I'm excited. And I'm also excited about our episode next week. Yay. So next week, we're doing a special what we've been reading episode. So lots of book recommendations are coming your way. Absolutely. So get ready to hear what we've been reading. And thank you all so much for your amazing questions. That was really exciting to get all your questions. And you guys also wrote us some really sweet notes and it just, it brightens our day. So thank you so much for your heartfelt continued support and for listening, of course. And join us next time for a special What We've Been Reading episode. And may all your ever afters end happily. Tea and Strumpets is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.